The Wolf and Bull podcast was prepared, conducted, and hosted by the Wolf and Bull team in their personal capacity. This podcast is for expressive listening entertainment, and any views, ideas, or opinions may or may not extend past the boundaries of this podcast. Conversations or specific comments on behalf of the hosts and guests are for entertainment purposes only. Due to language and potentially offensive topics, listener discretion is advised. You know what, though? It, it is true. Now welcoming back the man, the myth, the legend, the raging dynamo of unleashed power in the state of reckless abandon. The wolf! And the bull? <laughs> that, wow, was, that was that really was, good. I mean, I was trying was to terrible. think of... No, that I was great. that doesn't make the That cut. was great. I mean, I know that last time I said something like, what was it, turn on, tune in, and, and wake up, which, by yeah. the way, I couldn't remember who that yeah, was. I missed that. I nodded off when you said that. Oh, well, that's not what I'm going to say, because I think better... It was Jeremy something, right? No, it was... What's... I can't remember his name now. You're going to look it up. Who said that? Oh, no. Ron Jeremy. That's no. who it was. <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't. And uh, let's see. Uh, no, it was freaking Timothy dun, dun. Leary. So that's oh yeah, yeah Timothy Leary. That's who the it yeah came Ron from. Jeremy. Yeah, yeah, okay. that's exactly that's who right. it was. Uh, I was thinking uh, back at back at it again from the Wolf's Cave and the Bull's Pen. Ah! <laughs> but we know better than that. Bulls cannot be penned. Well, with that note, we're gonna bring <laughs> in our unofficial wolf, it, sponsor. Would it be a Wolf's Den? No. It's a bear cave in a wolf's no, den. No, it's a wolf's cave. And it's a bull's <laughs> it's world, a, baby. There you go. Bull's world. Well, if you guys heard the click, it's this this episode of the Wolf and the Bull podcast. Episode three is brought to you by our unofficial, not sponsor, uh, unnamed energy drink and <laughs> intoxicating liquids. Uh, the swishing over there is the the bull, obviously, you know, having a very adult friendly drink like warm milk late yes. at night. Um, <laughs> you know, we're back again to bring you the third episode. You know, if you haven't checked our last episode, uh, we discussed entropy, apathy, and the effects that it's you know been having on our society, as well as as well as one of my favorite historical figures, uh, Ben Franklin, um, also Benny known G. as Benny G by only us. Um, <laughs> But kind of interesting, we're kind of going to segue from that last topic, and we're going to touch more on community, uh, civic duty, and then the proliferation of social media and how it's really affecting us. Um, so that's a lot of mouth garble to get so through. So in other words, the good, the bad, and yeah, social media is the ugly. You were yeah. right. I was going to say unofficial energy drink, but sure, <laughs> that works. Um, so we're going to do the recap. How, how is your week going? Well, it isn't Monday this time. Yeah, it's so it's Tuesday. It's better. Tuesday it's now. So. <laughs> we got a full day in, baby. <laughs> and it's, you know, I, I was going to say it's a kind of a wintry day out. 
but we're in SoCal, so it's wintry days here are not exactly the same as wintry days elsewhere. Well, bulls have like zero hair on them, so you're cold. We don't need no hair. Yeah, I have a ton of hair all over my body. It's almost unacceptable how much hair I have on my body, so I'm used That's to That's a little more information than I needed to know about you, Wolfie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. Uh, so I guess... You know, let's start on our first topic. You know, we uh, we kind of left off on community a little bit last episode. Um, yeah. I know we discussed WeWork and how uh, interesting that whole situation was and how incredible that documentary was. For those of you who haven't seen it, it's on, I believe, what, Hulu? Yeah, I think it is on Hulu. And, and it was an interesting perspective on kind of the, I don't know, I was going to say mass hysteria, but that's not quite the, the right terminology, though there is group think that occurs group shift and it's it's kind of a, a necessary component to our civilization today but it really alludes to the fact that you know we're a group or a community mm-hmm. of quote-unquote individuals and it's it's kind of a strange juxtaposition to look at mm-hmm. because you know the most important thing to any one person is usually themselves right or a very small cadre of people around them but yet there's something very intrinsically important about being part of a, a larger group don't you think yeah i would think i would think so i mean i thought you were going to start talking about me and i wanted you to tell me more about me but you know i was too busy thinking about myself that was the most <laughs> dumb yeah. dad joke in the world. <laughs> that's right well what's what's the old saying hey uh, that's enough about me what do you think about yeah exactly right? exactly yeah. you know and i think a lot of people have that still i mean obviously it would be a little short-sighted to say that you know anyone is thinking about more than themselves throughout the day. I would say that people spend almost 90% of their day thinking about themselves. And then you have that next level of people, the social media influencers who spend all of the day and then days that don't even exist in their lifetime thinking about themselves. So that begs the question, how does our currently very narcissistic, narcissistic world fall into play when we're talking about community and the necessity for it? That's, that's, I think, one of the overriding things that keeps going on in my mind, because you've, you've got a whole world concentrating on looking at the mirror, whether it's straight ahead or out of the corner of your eye. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants to see what they look like, how they're reacting, how other people see them in the light. And we can get into the psychology of that. And of course, you know, try to determine whether or not somebody has got other underlying issues that create a situation that they have to look at themselves all the time so narcissism but, well if we want to get technical let's there's got to be an, a, a a further italian very professional word. here on yes. the wolf and bull podcast we have all the terms and all the terminology for for you to index for useless information later that's right don't google anything we say that'll come off in a weird direction yeah this is merely just opinion guys mm-hmm. if you can't tell got a phd in bullshit over here well the bull would for sure. Yes, that is true. But yeah, you know, I, t- I, I jotted down some information about community. I think that it's kind of important to know where it really derives from. Now, I have a lot of terms here, uh, both in Latin and uh, old French. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm going to stumble my way through this. Um, you know, what's interesting about community is it actually derives from, uh, you know, the 1400s. Um, the term originally derives from Latin communis, 
which basically meant common, public, shared by all or many. Um, and it also has related origin to Old French. Communauté! Uh, <laughs> which is community, commonness, and, you know, really kind of everybody. Um, and then an, off, an offshoot kind of related uh, Latin term, and this is going to be terrible, is communitatum. Uh, Yes. You notice yeah. I'm not jumping in to help you with well, this Latin Well, I terms. am butchering this for all of the people <laughs> who are, are listening in. Uh, and, you know, communitatum, I'm probably saying it wrong, uh, just means, you know, common, public, general, shared by all or many. So kind of the same reiteration of um, but, you know, but, the meanings But there. to you, what comes to mind first when you think of community? I mean, really, what jumps to your mind first? I know it does mine, but go ahead. Tell me, Wolf. What do you think? Especially being a pack animal. I mean, I would say family would come to mind first. Wow. Yeah. You know what I thought of first? Commune. That's really strange. There must be right. some psychological... <laughs> okay, <laughs> Timothy Leary over here. <laughs> Whoa, we lost something. Did we lose something? Am I yelling? You good? Can you hear? I lost the mic. Uh, I can still hear you. We can clip it, but... And and we're back again. Sorry about that. <laughs> Technical difficulties. Uh, the as, bull... soon as, as soon as they started talking about commune, all hell broke loose. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why. Bull I was... ripped off his shirt, threw the <laughs> desk over. <laughs> just, <laughs> just saw red, you know. Started uh, singing old hippie songs. <laughs> Timothy Leary over here just <laughs> turn on, tune in, and drop out. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, it's strange that the first thing that comes to your mind is commune i mean i get what well, you're saying I, I think the reason that came to my mind though it's well kinda. it was a replacement for a family right there's all kinds of replacements you go to college and people go to in join clubs fraternities sororities etc they and there there's a uh social interaction that occurs that doesn't leave you alone in the world it leaves you yeah, as fellowship a, right correct like, like lord of the rings <laughs> okay I, now we got to know who's the ranger and who's the hobbit right it's yeah. okay sorry i've been watching i've been watching the hobbit with the the, the lady wolf <laughs> there you go with that lady wolf thing i don't know if she's gonna be yeah, real appreciative yeah, probably of that. not yeah probably that's, the voice of reason would be a better term no, like no, that's, that's a good you know what that kind of works for her i think yeah voice yeah. of reason but i that you know having said that to segue into back into community mm -hmm. isn't kind of community the over overarching voice of reason for the individual because mm. it tapers it it gives you see you got individuals on in all ranges in any community you have it doesn't matter how many people you talk about the larger or small you got tribes you got larger tribes and you know civilizations and they're just all different forms of community right yeah and you've got outliers on those communities on every side of the spectrum mm-hmm Okay, and they stay out there on the sides and the community itself is like an envelope around it, giving it some sort of uh, median. It's like an elastic right? waistband. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Baby. It's just a Expand community is the elastic waistband around the waist of society. <laughs> I, I think I'd like to think of it more suspenders. Thank you. Oh, sure. I guess. <laughs> I mean, I, I get what you're saying. I, I think that there's there's a lot of truth there. And, you, I mean, I know that I said that I'm, like, really old in the last episode. And I'm really old now. But he's not. I'm so old. Uh, 30 years in dog. Canine years is just ancient. Um, so I'm, I'm pushing it. Uh, 200, 210? 
I'm not doing math here. I already butchered <laughs> says, Latin. I'm not doing wolves math. aren't very good. Wolves aren't very good at math. Um, if he was a, if he was an actual dog, he'd be dead. Yeah, okay. yeah, way past it. Um, I am an actual dog. Wait a second. <laughs> oh, uh, but w- with that with that being said, you know, I think you're making some good points. I mean, I think the thing that I've witnessed in my very young, young youthful, you know, life is. Uh, just there's been kind of a disintegration of community and i know that we discussed entropy in the last episode and the episode before but i feel like it's a really common theme and we're probably going to keep bringing it up so you're going to know so much about that term that's just incorrectly applied to everything that it's almost going to be overwhelming but i did include some really interesting facts about the term community as well that is unrelated to the actual word but more related to the fact that it actually is <laughs> these are spread facts, out these facts are facts about community that are unrelated to community we're gonna is do what you're quick, trying to say gonna, yeah, yes we're gonna do a very quick question and answer i'm gonna ask you do you know when community service as a criminal sentence was first recorded do you know 1212. 12. No, 1972. <laughs> 1972. Close, though. Community American, service. Community service came around in 1972. What did they call it before that? I don't even think they had it before that. They just called it. My research didn't go that deep. Pick up the garbage my research, on the highway. Is that what they did? research didn't go I, that deep. I think deep. it was somebody that went out. They they were thrown in jail overnight. Andy, Andy Griffith put, you know, Barney Fife's cousin the, in jail. You're, 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 oh, this is nobody knows before. what they're talking about but me. <laughs> nobody even knows what Andy Griffith <laughs> is. <laughs> Oh, damn. You are old and dog years. I am old. Well, yeah. I don't know what they did before that. Maybe they just let people go. I I wasn't around then. Well, you know, honestly, community service was everybody's job. Well, yes, but the criminal punishment came around in like 1972 so like if you got that was to get them to do something yes so back to the other terms because these are also equally important because we're going to get to that in a second uh another one community college Hmm. yes because you're in a community and they have a college we all know and love community colleges do you know when that originated 1972 1947 he got close uh-huh 1947 and then finally what if i get one out of three does it count for anything at all no points i mean you can try the last one okay community chest most commonly referred to what infamous monopoly there you go perfect there's actually a real thing in real life Mm -hmm. from 1919 that was actually made up of individual donations to meet the needs of charity and social welfare in the community yeah. See, yeah. And, and I think the breakdown overall of communities like this is, is kind of one of the overarching challenges we have today because community took care of its own. Mm-hmm. Now, as I said a little bit ago, I think it, it provided a semblance or of a, a median kind of thought process for all the people in that community in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. But it also provided a, a familiarity. So whether it be church communities or whether it be small cities, mm-hmm. I grew up in the Midwest. I mean, I grew up in a town of 7,000 people. I mean, we literally knew everybody. If you effed up, everybody knew you did. Mm-hmm. And if you did something great, everybody knew you did. And there's something about having a community both watching your back and watching your P's and Q's. And do you know where that statement came from by the way p's and q's just as a bit of trivia i've heard it but i don't know england or uh, england or ireland do you know yes (laughs) so bulls know all these things they just come out in the wrong order (laughs) mind your p's and q's will be what they say when you went into a bar and you had a pint or a quart 
And somebody out there is going to tell me. It I'm sounds wrong, like a wives' like, tale. I'm sorry, this has got. No, it's, to... a, it's not a wives' tale. It's a bull's tale. <laughs> okay, bull's tale, bullshit. <laughs> that's what it sounds like. But that's okay. That's fine. I mean, it, it, I think that that's interesting. And I failed that trivia. Just crashed and burned on that one. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I think that that's something that most people might in my generation it maybe in the state we're in that might apply. I mean, I, unlike you, I grew up probably in a myriad of different communities. I was everywhere all at once. Yeah, you had, <laughs> well, see, now, that's interesting, is you grew up at a time when gaming really started to come into its really own. Oh, yeah, but I was so super isn't there, poor. Like, see, gaming but, for but, me was like sticks and rocks. <laughs> yeah. Throwing stuff at people was my game. Yeah, my game was no, just but, general hopefulness. <laughs> well, but, but to the point of community... It's kind of like that. I was a townie punk, is what you I'm were saying. A townie I was punk, a townie really. punk. Yeah, I was a little, just. I a, can kind of see that, yeah, Wolfie. Well, yeah. Is it the the, the obscure hoodie that I'm wearing? Is <laughs> that what it is? Possibly it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, I don't really know what to. I mean, because you know, listening to your story, you know, where you came from, a town of seven thousand people in which everyone knew each other's, mm-hmm. you know, dirty laundry. Which I mean, that sounds like a headache in and of itself but it, there's definitely no, no, we didn't we just wore dirty laundry over and over again well yeah because you know at my age you had to go down the river to clean it on well, rocks then the elastic waistband of community no kept you guys there was no elastic at okay the time. fine it's just waistband. <laughs> yes, exactly we had to use twine of course back the then it was made of waistband <laughs> back then the, the twine was made of hemp of course yeah all right you well know. you guys are much more progressive back then <laughs> <laughs> but uh I, I think for me like i didn't get to experience a lot of that so getting older like i've actively tried to and obviously COVID has or former COVID. i got we out of it yet what's happening I, um yeah. it, it has impeded the attempt well, to try and get involved there, with there's communities, a, there right you know? there is a conversation about community that we should have by the way oh yeah no it's on the, the scientific paper. community we have a paper here it's on the paper oh okay it's there it's... i mean guys just we've we've upgraded from papyrus to printed paper so we're we're making advancements on this on this podcast um but i guess if i had to put you know my thumb on it and say where i would see community today i would say it's it's really cynical i would say it's in a state of disarray i would say most people wouldn't be able to tell it if they saw it you know i i I, I've got to agree with you that there's a lot of disarray going on, but I, I think what's happened from my perspective is larger communities have broken down. So, so over the years, I talked about growing up in a smaller community mm-hmm. that was geographically uh, based. It was, it was around a, a kind of a core set of values, if you will. That doesn't mean everybody fit perfectly into it, but there was a construct that created that. And that went to a much, much larger community as, uh, I like to put it, the Walmartization of the world came about. And all the small town kind of ways of thinking became larger city ways of thinking. Now what's happened is it's breaking back down into smaller communities, but they're not the ones that I remember. Hmm. They revolve around identity politics. Mm -hmm. They revolve around... uh, kind of social media things, which I know we're going to talk about in a little while as well, because yeah. that's what I was trying to get with the gaming, by the way, because gaming community, a lot of them don't, didn't even know each other. Maybe a voice. Well, but, but, but I think when I was growing up, it was more like 
because that was really early on. Like, I mean, we we were just progressing out of the pong phase for me, and and like this, what was the snake one with the snake lines and all that stuff? And, oh yeah. And uh, what was the other one? The computer where you're in the, like the um, Zelda. No, no. Well, yes, that one. But the one, then the one you're crossing across the United States. It was a computer game we played in. Like I played in. Where in the school. world is Carmen San Diego? No, no, no. That is not even remotely. Close. You, you know, the only reason I know um, any of these is because my kids. Yeah, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna remember this like halfway through the podcast. Okay. Anyway, it out yeah, I didn't I didn't. Uh, <laughs> that'll be hilarious. <laughs> um, I didn't you know have like a gaming community until I was well into my teens, like well, online I, I gaming don't, stuff I don't like that. Mean Arcades that, still provided absolutely like a community for people. Well, that to meet was face that was an face, actual you know? again that goes back to the geolocation community right? wagon trail. Oregon Trail. That's what it was. Wagon Trail. (laughs) Oh my god. Wagon Trail, guys. That's the game. Were you Lewis or were you Clark? That's the question. Or were you Sacagawea? Sacagawea. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Oh my gosh. But you know, I guess my point is, community can be so many different things now. Yeah. It used to be tied to geography. It used to be tied to -to face-to-face relations. It used to be tied to kind of a, a, a. uh, a belief system, mm-hmm. religious system, or something along those lines. And now you can be tied to a community of like-minded people that you never, ever meet other than over the internet. So, but then the question that I ask is, is that a legitimate community or not? Because the, the needs of human, humankind, God, what am I a fucking alien? The needs of humanity Humankind. It's an adaptation. It, it's a, it's sure. an evolution. I don't like to even say it's an evolution. It could be called a de-evolution if you wanted to, it's to look at it that way. But, but, but the, the fact is, is your question's invalid because it is what it is, right? It's, it's By the, terminology, sure. But it doesn't fulfill the same general needs that people need, that's right? That's different. That's different. Is it so, though? So you could, you could rename it something else. I mean, we go, let's go back to what I said at the very beginning mm-hmm. with what I thought of when we talked about community first. Commune. Okay. When communes came out in the sixties mm-hmm. and they were before that too, yeah. when communes came out in the sixties, everybody was looking at them kind of sideways. They came out before that, you know, we could go into certain they were, things. They were, that, they were patented and proprietary in the sixties. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it, they, they're looked at in terms of the sixties because there was a different flavor to it. Yeah. Instead but, of but, just sharing things like but, Karl Marx talked about. Well, early let, on, let's go they, back to the year 33, right? Year 33. Year 33. Oh, man, what I commune remember started that year then? fondly. Tell me what commune eh, started It then. wasn't really a commune. Wasn't it? No, wasn't it? it kind of had It was a community commune. of people yeah, that had a the common theme. That fi- okay, as much as we want to talk about the evolution of Christianity out of Judaism. No, I don't want to uh, talk uh, about that. I'm just, I'm just saying that, that you've got to identify yes. what it is and how it changes over time. But, but And all I'm suggesting, because you're right, I'm not saying that you're not. I'm suggesting that by, like... That was a double negative, by the way. <laughs> All all I'm suggesting is that by just observation of the naked eye or of of the the naked mind. (laughs) That's a brand new term. Mm. By just general observation, you're correct. But I think that there are more things under the layer of community that most people don't recognize that I don't think are fulfilled by things like social media, things like online gaming, things like... And here's the thing. I think it's shifted. Because of the medium that people use. I 100% agree with you, by the way. I I think that there's a degradation, a loss of what you and I would define a true community as. 
I think that is absolutely the truth. The question is, is can you reel that back in or do you have to redefine some other new term for what we're looking to achieve? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, I honestly don't have the answer for that one. Um, and the reason I say that is because if I wanted to give the answer, then I would obviously solve all the world's problems. Um, and I don't at this point in time, at this time in the evening. So you have, I just don't have the brain power to dedicate. So you actually right have the answer. You're I just have not the willing answer. to share it with the audience. Yeah, it's a secret. Okay, it's a wolf secret. Well, you got to keep those. Kind the of secret secrets. of the wolf. Why does that sound like some sort of like underground community? Well, secret of the wolf is better than secret of the bull. Yeah, but you know, uh, we're gonna segue a little bit. Just yeah, as la- like last time, you know, we brought up some quotes, and I thought it'd be kind of cool to discuss some of the quotes that I found about community um, that, you know, I think would probably dive into this topic a little bit more. Uh, I mean, you're welcome to read the first one. I can read the first one. We can have a caller call in to read the first one. We don't have callers. Just kidding. One day we will. Well, we could. No, no, not yet. Got to get on the phone and you get a caller? No, no, no. Okay, Okay, let's just do it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, you've got a quote down here that says, I alone cannot change the world, but I can cast a stone across the waters to create many ripples. Hmm. And I mean, that has, that has multi layers of, of meaning, I would assume. Right. Mm-hmm. And it, I think it also kind of illustrates my point as early from earlier saying these groups, these communities, these civilizations are all constructed of individuals. Mm-hmm. So while an individual cannot change the world by itself, by his or herself, uh, casting a stone and starting the process, creating the first splash that creates those ripples can. Until the water turns into land, then the stone hits, and then there's a problem. And I think the the land that has been created has been social media. Listeners, I'm very against social media. I'm sorry. Like, I like it, but... I do think that there's... But please go to our YouTube channel. (laughs) Please subscribe. Please, please follow us. Please, please. (laughs) Please, please. We're begging you. Please. Just just kidding. Um, But, uh, you know, that's an interesting quote from Mother Teresa. Uh, For those of you who don't know, she was a Roman Catholic nun. Uh, She devoted her entire life to serving the poor and destitute around the world, which is, you know, something that most people, uh, I can say, have probably and never will do. Um, and obviously there's not much more I want to say on her because I do think it would be interesting to dive well, into the you know, actual lives because that would be a fun topic to discuss, but well, it's a, it's a, obviously a, an incredible life of mm-hmm. selflessness, right? Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, she's right in a lot of ways though. You can talk about social media being the land. I think that's a great point to make. Yeah. I slid that right how, in there. Yeah. Well, it's, and I'm sure it was intentional. No, that was off the cuff. That was all genius. Well, (laughs) geniuses it is. But I I think it it makes a nice valid point for something because the question really becomes, how can you continue something? Do you, if depending on how big the water is, you throw that stone into, Mm -hmm. you know, the ripples will go out. Yeah, but the momentum needs to be carried by something else. So you need something to contribute to that. As an individual, you can't do that. As a community, maybe so. Yeah, well, I included another quote by Mother Teresa. It's kind of a bonus quote, but I thought it was a good one anyway. Uh, Don't look for the big things. Just do small things with great love. The smaller the thing, the greater must be our love, which I think is kind of interesting because it also could tie into her statement about changing the world and, and, uh, you know, 
tossing a stone across waters and creating a lot of ripples because if you do something small like that in her case it was probably helping someone who's poor or someone who's starving and destitute with no you know, I'm, I'm assuming she didn't get, she got thanks, but it's not like she was getting paid to, to, no. to help these people. But if you do something like that with as much love as you would, you know, do for yourself, well, I, I, you're changing I, the world real easily. Well, aside from changing the world, you know, I said a moment ago that it was a, a life of selflessness and I'm sure that most of us view her life in that way. It was just all for others. But think a moment about the, the little things that you do for others, just simple things. You can, you know, maybe you can come up with an example or two, but giving somebody, you know, a bag of, of food at the, at the cross stop, you mm-hmm. know, once in a while, um, it, it, name it, you could do it. <clears throat> All these things are great and they're selfless things to do for people. Mm-hmm. But the one thing it does more than anything else is change you. Yeah. And in that way, it's kind of a selfish thing, but it's a good selfish in a lot of ways. And I think it's a very interesting juxtaposition to, to so look at. So by being selfish, we you can truly be, be selfless. There you go. Interesting. Yeah. Ruminate on you that Starting a one. commune from this? Uh, so it's like a phrase to start a we'll commune. We'll be taking applications very soon. <laughs> go to wolfandbull.com. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, I wrote down some other quotes I think would be pretty cool to discuss because, I mean, Mother Teresa, as incredible as she was, God rest her soul, I'm sure she's doing quite fine. Um, I also wrote down some very interesting, not very Mother Teresa-like individuals, but still impactful uh, nevertheless. Uh, Next quote is, we cannot live only for ourselves. A thousand fibers connect us with our fellow men. Yeah, that's uh, that... You know, I love these kind of quotes, too, especially from people that you know, because this is from Herman Melville, who, you know, lived from in the 1800s, from 1819 to 1891. is a fantastic American novelist, short story writer, and, of course, of course most famous for his, his huge novel, Moby Dick. In what? I've gotten through only half that book, I will shamefully admit. You it know, it does heavy, take it does take reading. some serious work to get through anything other than uh, "Call Me Ishmael," yeah, which is the first I, line of the book. That's where I ended but, it. Halfway but, was the first sentence. But it's <laughs> but it's again one of these multi-layered kind of books that you have to. It's it's a life work. Yeah, it really is. You and, know how and, long it took him to write that? I don't know. A year and a half. A year and a half. Was it the one he wrote right at the very end of his life? He or no, no. It was his one of his first works. Yeah. One of his. Okay. There was another one. I think it's like Typey, which was like about the Polynesian. Yeah. Somebody with Polynesia. I never read it. Yeah. I probably will one day. I mean, I'm getting through books pretty slow these days, but there's really nothing else to do. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can always go after your great white whale. Da da da. I know these dad jokes are out of control. They work. They They do. It was good. It was fine. It was just, it was, they're getting out of control. I give that a solid like 8.5. Well, 8.5. But what this guy has is a 10 as far as his quotes are concerned, because what he's basically saying is that we're all woven together. Mm -hmm. We can look at ourselves in the mirror. We can be narcissists. You can be all kinds of things. We can look at ourselves as individuals, Mm -hmm. but ultimately we're all intertwined. We're part of that human race, that giant community that needs to do a better job of being a community. Yeah. And that's, and that's something that I think a lot of people maybe inherently understand. I think a lot of people think about that when they look at the world and all the, the problems and 
the the terrible things that occur and i think there's a, for especially my generation there seems to be a very a, a bleeding heart for this stuff i think mm-hmm. the real problem is where we have a bleeding heart we've got literally nothing going on upstairs <laughs> which well i mean that goes back to our previous podcast when we yeah. talk about emotion versus logic and exactly reason. and i i think that a layer of that needs to be inculcated into all this kinds of stuff mm-hmm. because if you don't use both of those things then you don't have any passion with no mm-hmm. emotion and you don't have any reason without the logic yeah it's got to be a blend of both yeah and then you know just to and that's a good point i think that you know if we if we were to be more balanced in that area people would be happier people would understand a lot of things um when it comes to their own personal decisions or their interests um and i definitely think that's probably something that i would suggest that most people do is if you if you're yearning for something if there's something you feel passionate about it explore why you feel passionate about that thing it's good to be excited it's good to be passionate it's good to get your you know your feet going because that's half the argument and that's half the process with that being said if you don't have a direction you don't have an understanding then you're just going around in circles um but i'll use that time to just kind of finally segue into the last quote by george bernard shaw he was an irish playwright playwright a critic a poli- po- po- oh shit um <laughs> A polemicist, a polemicist, which is kind of like a contrary, and just just look it up if you're interested. And he was also a political activist. Man, I'm really doing him poorly. Thank God he is no longer with us because he'd be very <laughs> embarrassed. Uh, but his his quote is: um, "I am of the opinion that my life belongs to the whole community, and as long as I live, it is my privilege to do for it whatever I can. I want to be thoroughly used up when I die. For the harder I work, the more I live." that statement would rarely be made by anyone today which is sad it, it's yeah yeah I, I don't know what more you can say than that because <laughs> there's i mean we, we live in a time all my life where it's been a me 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 society and i am not um disregarding the fact that i'm part of that society mm-hmm. in that I'm like everyone else. I want to get ahead. I want to do good for myself and my family and et cetera. But there was a time when there was a kind of a community goal. And it wasn't about what I can do to get myself ahead, but it's about what I can do to get all of us ahead. And I think that's really what he's trying to say here. Yeah. I mean, he also, you know, did win the Nobel Peace Prize in literature in 1925. So, I mean, if for those taking notes, I'm sure there's no one taking notes. But for those who are taking notes, just take note of the fact that being a selfless, to some degree, uh, can win you a Nobel Peace Prize so or a literature prize. Yeah, uh, the, I would note that of the three people quoted, there was only one that made no money. You know what I mean? So it is very true. It's, you know, a lot of times we look at quotes and, you know, we've got to take these not certainly not with a grain of salt because they're important and they say a lot about who we are, who we used to be, certainly. But we also have to understand that one of the reasons these quotes get famous and that they're out there is because they were said by kind of people that made their way through life in some kind of specialty and something they were very talented or worked very hard for. Well, I mean, when you're George Shaw, you write over 60 plays and have a 
serious impact on Western culture and politics. Of course, people are going to remember what, you though? to some degree. There are a ton of people out there that are hugely talented in all ways of life mm-hmm. that never get noticed and they, they never have any fame, fortune, or otherwise. Which is why community and to segue into the next topic, civic responsibility is so important because if you're living your life to be a star, uh, I would suggest you've got your priorities backwards. I think that people become stars or impactful by doing something that they love to do or are interested in doing and ignoring whatever the benefits that may come are. They don't focus on that type of stuff. I'm not saying everyone does. Uh, That might be a naive thing for me to say. I'm sure there's plenty of ambitious people out there that probably say, you know what? I want to rule the world and I'm going to do that and have all the cools and cool, wonderful things that come with it. Um, Mm. But I don't think everyone does. Yeah. I, I I don't know. I I think, I think there is many, um, many directions people can take out there as there are people. Right. Mm-hmm. So everybody has their goals and dreams and et cetera. And I, I think if, if you called up or talked to every single person that listens to this podcast and asked them, you know, what they wanted to be or who they, what, how they wanted to go about their lives, you would have just as many answers as there are people. So there's, there's individual differences, but there's this, I keep going back to community because there's this collectivism that I think we've keep pulling away from. And I think this particular topic, you know, uh, civic duty or responsibility is kind of part of the glue to that community that keeps people together. Oh, agreed. I mean, you and I have had plenty of off podcast conversations about what's currently been going on in the public square. And, you know, it's uh, I think one thing that's been forgotten by most people is their their civic responsibility. And, you know, for people that don't know what that is, it's just your responsibility of a as a citizen. Um it's basically comprised of the actions and attitudes associated with, you know, democratic governance, social participation, um, you know, just being involved in your community, giving back to your community, whether it be through, you know, participation in government, church, volunteership, um, membership to voluntary of a voluntary associations, all that type of stuff kind of goes under the same umbrella. And bottom line is it's, it's looking to more than just yourself. Yeah. Right. It's a, it's, well, it's an, it's an advocacy, advocacy. I I can't speak. (laughs) Words are hard. Um, yeah, it's an advocacy for, for various things that are greater than yourself. Now you can see plenty of examples of that today, but I think a lot of it, and again, this is my criticism of social media. A lot of it is really covered in this nasty, um, just film of slacktivism where people do something to get virtue points or recognition Mm -hmm. from their peers rather than doing something that betters their peers without recognition. Ah, yeah. Yeah. I like that. Deep, right? It's like there's this big whiteboard and everybody's got these tally marks on it. Exactly. they don't mean anything because they're not creating anything better of the community that they're in. Well, they're only doing it for, I mean, well, yeah, exactly. It's, it's all for, it's all for points. It's all for, you know, I did this one thing. This is my post. This was my statement. This is my 15 seconds of fame. And all that does is it just paints a giant target on you. One for, for saying something that one day might not be as, uh, <laughs> as socially acceptable as it is today. Um, but two, it, it also kind of, just makes the the idea of civic responsibility 
um, duty to your other to yourself and the citizens and people around you and the you know the uphold the um, upholding of traditional democracy and freedom it just kind of cheapens it mm-hmm. and I'm not saying we all need to be Mother Teresa's I'm not saying we all need to constantly give every second of our day to everyone else around us it's not what I'm saying I'm saying that there is definitely this marketing, like it's almost as if marketing has infiltrated the idea of activism and civil responsibility and civil duty. Rather than people accepting what it actually is, they just like the sound of it and they like how it makes them feel after they push post. Well, what it is, and and I think this is a discussion probably for another podcast, but it, it comes down to a different form of social credit score, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because you've got people liking what you do, responding to what you do, giving you kudos or, or recognition for all this is, which is a craving. It's a human craving to be recognized for what you do. The unfortunate thing is you're being recognized for the wrong things. Yeah. Well, and what they did, you know, before social media is if people liked what you did and recognize you for what you did, they would appoint you to positions of leadership. I mean, that's, that's kind of how mo unless of course, you know, you're, Genghis Khan, I said it right this time, and you're just such a giant badass, just throwing your powerful arms everywhere, destroying your enemies. Then you just take the you take. The I think he was actually there. like a ninety pound weakling. Yeah, probably. You know, probably. probably he yes. just had a, like a big the set embellishment of, of stories. As most created. bulls do, he had this set of horns on his head. Oh god! So you're saying most kind of... bulls are small, like like little no little small was, animals with giant was, <laughs> like, uh, you've been waiting saying? for three podcasts to get to that haven't you uh but i mean i think it's uh it's definitely unfortunate on this civic responsibility side of things because being something that is just ridiculously old i mean it dates back to the the roman time roman period um it dates back to ancient rome uh around 15 5, 9, 519 bc which Man, my energy drink is really affecting my ability to speak right now. Um, <laughs> and, you know, it was originally sanctioned as a blueprint for democracy in 1787 by the ratification of the United States Constitution. Mm-hmm. And yeah. the agreement that people don't understand or don't know because they haven't investigated themselves is that civic responsibility comes with being a U.S. citizen. It comes... Mm-hmm. Well, I, would, I wouldn't be willing to bet that most people barely know the preamble. You, you know? sing it right now? No, I say schoolhouse rock. We buddy. the people. <laughs> <laughs> but that, but it's the truth. I mean, we've all seen those TV shows where people are asked on campus about one question or another about political figures mm-hmm. or figures in historical context or whatever, and and these kids who have high school educations or going on to their master's degree don't even know what the heck they're talking about. Yeah. And it, it's not like you have to memorize all this stuff. I get it. No, we got but, a, we got infinite amounts of information in our hands with no context. Right. But it goes back to something you said before. If everybody's worried about getting how many likes on a, on a social website or getting kudos for getting recognized that their makeup is so or their mm-hmm. whatever the case may be, they're neglecting kind of simple contextual things like understanding the preamble. Yeah. And, and how it relates to those civic duties and responsibilities you're talking about. Yeah, and, that, and granted, uh, I don't think understanding the preamble... Actually, you know what? Yeah, understanding the preamble is important because if you understand the context, you understand why you, you, know, you exist as a country, you understand what your citizenship is. I think people tend to fall back on the, I can recite this thing, as I started to sing the Schoolhouse Rock song. Um, and they never really dove into, you know when it came to the constitution, what it really meant. Um, 
I mean, in order to form a more perfect union, we have to establish justice. We have to ensure domestic tranquility. We have to provide for the common defense. We have to promote the general welfare. We have to secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, i.e. others. We have to, you know, ordain the Constitution and keep it alive so we can continue to experience these so things. So what do you say to people when you tell them that? Mm-hmm. And they say, the document's too old. It's out of context. Why should we believe any of it anymore? I would laugh at them. Well, I would laugh in their face. I would literally laugh in their face. I'm glad you said that. Hilarious. The whole point I'm making is unless you've read that, Mm -hmm. unless you've looked at these pieces of it and understand at least in basic terms why it was written and for the freedoms that we have, Mm -hmm. then you won't be able to relay that to people. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? No, I, I get what you're saying. And I think that the unfortunate part is specifically with my generation. There's so much criticism of my generation. I'm probably getting so much shit for this. <laughs> um, specifically with my generation, we haven't really had to personally yet. Let's, we haven't really had to overcome other circumstances of existential problems that the other gen- generations prior to us had to overcome. And I think that's caused a little bit of a chip on our shoulder. I think that's caused, uh, especially with the wealth that we've experienced, a little bit of a silver spoon in our mouth. And I think that we've deemed these old ways of community, these old ideas of the Enlightenment as antiquated because we think our ideas are better without you, having any evidence to test them. Do you think that you're not facing these circumstances as opposed to other generations? Or do you think the circumstances are just so different than they were before? Mm-hmm. i.e., you know, the builder generation, the, the greatest generation in American history, mm-hmm. according to the history books, they had an enemy that they could visualize, that they could see, that they could get in front of, that they could fire a gun at and get fired back upon, to storm a beach for, all those kinds of things. And now we have this much more, from my perspective, insidious enemy. And often it is ourselves. I would say it's the only enemy is ourselves. As of right now. Now, granted, there are arguments to be made of extraterrestrial activity and, <laughs> um, and, 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 and otherworldly entities. Push we away can from make that those drink, arguments. Sir. We can make all those arguments. Um, but I do think the most real argument or the most real problem that my generation, the generation after us, and then the generations prior to us are going to have to deal with is, is ourselves. I think that a lot of American society, a lot of people within our society have lost the ability to conduct themselves. And what I mean by that is if you can't rule yourself, you can't rule anything else. See, part of the way I look at this though, and I remember thinking some similar things to what we're talking about Mm -hmm. prior to the turn of the century and thinking that we're, we're getting frayed. We're getting separated to society. We're breaking down into these components then 9-11 happened, okay? And then there mm-hmm. was this, at least in the United States, there was this collective mindset that we have now identified something outside of ourselves to target all of our energy toward, mm-hmm. our negative energy. Forget the rights and wrongs about that. It has nothing to do with that. It, it, it's, about, it's about understanding and knowing your enemy. And when you tell, when we sit here and talk to each other and say, our enemy's in our own head, Okay, now that's going to be the hardest battle ever. 
Right. Well, here's the thing, though. What's interesting about you bringing that up is the enemy in that instance, terrorism, because that was the enemy, is almost, almost as ethereal as yourself being the enemy. Because there's no way to combat an ideology. You can't do it. We've, we've, we've tried to do that. Not only America, myriads of societies have tried to do this throughout history. Uh, you know, the early Roman empire tried to do it with Christians. Um, the Christians tried to do it with Muslims. Um, I mean the, what was it? The Shiites tried to do it with the Sunni. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, there's, there's (laughs) still doing that. Yeah. And there's myriads of examples. I mean, the British tried to do it with the Irish, the greatest. Everybody tries to do it with everybody because we're all communities and separate communities and tribes, right? Exactly. But so. I guess the point I'm making is the problem now is that rather than pointing the finger at something else, we have to point it at ourselves. Does I agree, that make sense? But my my position on this is that we don't recognize it the same way when there's something outside of ourselves to look at. Yeah, we gather around, we rally, there's, all that stuff. Yeah, we have a rally, we have a commonality. Remember mm-hmm. what I was saying at the beginning about community and about this overarching kind of median thought the process, fellowship, the, the fellowship, fellowship of the ring. Of the ring. Yes. exactly. <laughs> we have we we got to get we got to get Smaug out of the way, right? Well, We're, that was the hobby. Okay, that was a, yeah. <laughs> Okay, I got him out of order. No, I've got him in order. You've got him out of order. You got to get no, rid of smog no, first. Yes, then was, you go into and Mount then, Doom and it, right, then, okay. yes, the fellowship okay. was after the Hobbit. But sure, we're it's everybody all the out same. there didn't know they were going to get a lesson on. I this. love Lord yeah, of the Rings. Let's go into Cimmerillion. Really get into I have that. never read it. I've never read it. Oh, don't worry. about I know that. the Lady Wolf has read it. <laughs> or the voice of read has read it. That's right. But I, I I think my point is is that it's so difficult. To, I mean, the reason people have therapists is because they can't deal with their own heads, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I agree with you that we can't get of our own get out of our own way. And you would think over the course of the last year that we would have come together and circled around this this pandemic issue because it's a worldwide issue. No matter your arguments on any side of that equation, the fact is is it came at everybody. It was everybody's problem. Still is everybody's problem. And then classism came in and ruined everything. You've got to ask yourself, why in the world did that happen? Why did we not see this thing out there that we could identify as a rallying point? Which tells me we've gone over the edge of something in in our visualization of community, in our responsibilities to that, uh, that society that has gone off the deep end. And I don't know how we get it back. Or maybe, maybe you're completely wrong and you're just not acknowledging the fact that I may be this partially is all, wrong, but I never completely This is wrong. all because we're taking Dogecoin to the moon. <laughs> there you go, Dogecoin. <laughs> hey, I got to check my The Reddit Wall Street that, Bros. Don't let it die. Hold. It's <laughs> so old. It's not even a joke anymore. Um, well, and I think you make a, you know, really good points uh, as usual. Um, and I mean, just to wrap up this particular topic and to segue into the next one i think a few things that we could say we don't really need to discuss them because i think those statements were already surmised in our little conversation but i decided to pull a little old quote out of the wolf hat from john f kennedy the 35th president of the united states and if anyone wants to hear my terrible john f kennedy voice you're gonna hear it oh boy Look out. Ask not what your country could do for you. 
Ask what you could do for your country. That was terrible. That was really you know, bad. That was pretty good. Yeah. I think if you had a little Irish whiskey in you, it would have been. Oh, ouch. Ouch. What? I was just saying that I just I nailed it. Yes, you did. I nailed that one. Did you nail it from the grassy knoll? Oh, okay. Now you're getting... Dude, we could have left it there. Third episode. Nobody. Canceled again. <laughs> Double canceled. Oh, my. Oh, my. It, it, oh my. Well, you know, interesting. You know, God rest his soul. That was a terrible thing. And I think the world would be a little bit different had he have uh, finished his... his uh, Probably uh, likely two terms in office. He probably would have been elected again, in my opinion. Marilyn Monroe would still be around. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that is very true. The world would be a better place. Um... But I think he dealt. With, <laughs> I think he dealt with a lot of things at that time that, for most people looking back at history, probably could have given him any reason to not say that, because you've got you know obviously Russia. <laughs> that you, you chuckle it over there is killing me. Obviously, you know you, you. Sorry, Russia. I'm not laughing at you. Obviously, you know you had Russia at that time, the USSR. You had the Cuban Missile Crisis and all that nonsense going on. Um, and you know, Kennedy, a, you know, a, a Democrat who had served in both houses, of the U S Congress, um, and was the first Catholic ever elected president, by the way, which is, he started the, he started the trend of these, these wonderful Catholics and was a war hero on a PT, PT 209. I didn't know that. Oh yeah. 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 Yeah, Badass. Yeah. Badass. Yeah. (laughs) But he was also, he was also. Uh, the history on him is very interesting and we could go into depth on a lot of stuff about him because like every other president we've had, they're damn humans, you know? Yeah. With, with all the positive and negatives of all these guys. His vice was so. a side of Monroe. Well, we'll go to a different quote because I feel like I've insulted the Kennedy family enough already. Um, <laughs> the will. second... Well, they had plenty to be insulted for. Yeah, it, trust me. yeah. Well, the second quote is probably from my second. Well, he's almost tied with Benjamin Franklin as my one of my most favorite hi- historical people. And I truly do think, um, Kennedy aside, I truly do think if this individual had have lived much longer, we would be in a different place. Um, Democracy transformed from a thin paper to a thick action is the greatest form of government on earth. And that statement was by Martin Luther King Jr., I'm sure everyone listening probably knows who this individual is, um, but for those who don't, he was an African-American Baptist minister and activist who is the most vi- visible spokesperson and leader of the American civil rights movement from 1955 until his assassination in 1968. Mm-hmm. Um, he advanced civil rights through nonviolence and civil disobedience inspired by his Christian beliefs and the nonviolent activism of Gandhi. Mm-hmm. Yes. And he really, he really, truly had the position that he wanted an eventual world that was colorblind, and which is in today's society is is a uh, is different a podcast altogether. A, yes, it is a different <laughs> podcast, probably under you know different Canceled names. Episode four, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, well, and I, you know, I, I truly think that. For those of you who haven't, read some of his writings, listen to some of his speeches, read some of his quotes. He really understood human nature better than I think a lot of people today and a lot of people who ever live in the future, who have lived in the past and will live in the future. So how many uh, 
How many Twitter followers do you think he would have had? I don't think he would have had a Twitter. <laughs> you're, you're laughing? I don't think he would have. I think he would have superseded. But with that being said, he probably actually would have had a Twitter following. And honestly, again, to this final topic, social media. And I have to say for my listeners, I'm not a huge fan. You probably could tell by my initial statements early on in the podcast. Um, but it, I think social media has probably negatively influenced the world, net negative, yeah, over the last year than any other particular thing in it, existence. You know, it's 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 interesting to me because I I look at social media considerably different than most people, and I know a lot of people in my life that get entranced or an overwhelmed and spend an inordinate amount of hours um, on variety of social medias looking to kind of present themselves in a way to the world that isn't reality. And I always looked at it as, well, only really way to put it for me is a tool. You know, it's, it's kind of like your, your, your mobile phone. You know, if you turn it off and set it on the table, is it really a phone? No, it's a tracking device. It's a paperweight. <laughs> it's always a tracking device. <laughs> no, you got to put tinfoil around it right, so that's not yeah, a tracking yeah. device, no, right? You put it around your but, head. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I, I think that's my point. I'm making a. I'm, I'm trying to make a, a statement about this because that's one of the ways we misidentify things all the time. We give stuff intrinsic value that it does not have. Yeah. And a phone, if it's off and laying on a bunch of paper on your desk, is a paperweight. It's not a phone. Yeah. It's only a phone when you use it as a phone. It's mm-hmm. only a social media contact platform when you use it for that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, Facebook's a great example. You know, I, I've kept in touch with people that I, in if, if today's society was like the 1980s, 90s, I would never keep in touch with at all. And sometimes that's a good thing. Sometimes it's a bad thing. Well, if, but, if, I mean, I think it would be a good thing, frankly, because at that point in time, you know, well, no, I'm talking about 70s or 80s, because rather than focusing on the, the false, in my personal opinion, just disclaimer, the false pseudo God of community that is social media, people would focus on actual community, which is the people that they knew and trusted. So the question becomes, though, is the social media community a intentional construct of the platform or is it a natural outgrowth of the way people have utilized it and given it an intrinsic value that's not really there? I think it's a probably third option of they gave it an intrinsic value because that's something they desperately yearn for that has been removed because of the invention of social media. Oof. You're, you're giving too, I think you're giving too much power to the social media because it's, it's just like I, people so, used to complain to me all the time about video games and, mm-hmm. and kids watching them or TV shows or, you know, back in the old days when HBO first came out or, or uh, MTV was the big thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember, I hate to say it, but I remember the very first, very first broadcast of MTV. Was yeah. it Video Killed the Radio Yes, Star? it was. There you go. Was Nailed that the song? It. That was it right yeah, there. I know my music but, history. That's the only thing I know. The, the point is, is that I always told people, if you're worried about this, Turn it the frick off. Yeah, but, and, and I think you're right. The problem is, as we and everyone listening probably knows, and people who aren't listening, they probably know, and the people who haven't even been born yet <laughs> probably know, that our society does not incentivize that. And here's some data. Wait a second. Here's some data to support my argument here. Okay. So, 
Social media, believe it or not, has been around for over 40 years. Now, not in the, 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 the way that we understand it today. It was originally created in 1979 uh, as, I mean, the first social media platform was Usenet, which was kind of more of a, a bulletin board platform mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. people could post news to news groups, mm-hmm. right? And, and so it was more is definitely way more rudimentary than it, it is even remotely now. Um, and, you know, it was kind of based on a dial-up network architecture, mm-hmm. which most people... My age have no idea what that means, um, and I, I could say it, but I know exactly what that. Is. Yeah, so so you're you're familiar with this now. The difference back then is it was it was a tool. It was seen as a tool back then, and you know social media took took four you know thirty plus years or so to really catch on the way it has today. Um, obviously, you know MySpace was a thing in two thousand three that was yep. popular, yep. but it wasn't as popular as Facebook was when it came around in two thousand six. Now. As of 2019, and I looked this up today, April 13th, mm-hmm. 2021. Yes. As of 2019, the population of the world was 7.8 billion. 4.54 billion of those internet, 4.54 billion of those people are internet users, mm-hmm. with 3.725 billion being active social media users. That's. I guess you'd have to look into what active social media users Posting, is because reading, viewing, using. With that being said, on average, according to this data, people have around 7.6 social media accounts mm-hmm. and they spend 142 minutes a day online. I would be interested to see mm-hmm. how much of that usage time is on streaming in comparison. I've got I've got it right here. For references, and this is, and here's the thing. Okay, so maybe it's not, and I probably didn't actually get that statistic, but we can maybe determine on average because it says 142 minutes of day of a day of the day is spent on online online being social media. Mm-hmm. For reference, Americans they spend 5.4 hours a day using their phones. That's millennials. You know, we use our phone 5.7 hours a day. Mm-hmm. Baby boomers around five hours a day. Most of the time, I could assume, is texting, social media, which includes YouTube, Facebook, mm-hmm. Instagram, Twitter. We spend all of our time inundating us ourselves with this stuff. And I guess it ties back to my point. I don't think it's a tool anymore. I think it's become the desire for community that people have decided to put onto social media instead of in real life community. Uh, simply because it's easier. You can sure you, interaction between two people or, or multiple groups of people requires a set of social skills that is not required on social media today. Well, it's more profitable too. Well, it, I mean, it's it's incentivized. I, I, I get you can follow the money and things yeah. are incentivized, but I I and here's here's a, a vast difference, and I don't know if I'm a typical baby boomer in this in this way or not, or if it's just my mindset. Mm-hmm. But to me, these things are just tools. They really are. They're, they're, so YouTube and things like that are educational tools for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, a Netflix is an entertainment tool for me. The, f- the phone, the cell phone I have here has replaced a lot of perhaps TV time that I used to have. But you, you see what I'm saying? I, get I, think, what you're saying, I think it's the next generation. I think it's the millennial yeah, side but, of it that's really being drawn into this because it's 
because they're growing up with it. Which I would, well, yes and no. I mean, I was kind of on the last, I would say, I mean, Lady Wolf and I were, Voice of Reason and I, were the the very last of our generation that grew up without a phone in our pocket, without Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. a social media account to have Blink-182 playing as our sound whenever people showed up on MySpace. Yes, Mm -hmm. that was me, people. (laughs) I think the problem, and I guess the question that I have, because I think it is unique to you and probably other people like you. I feel the same way. I feel like social media is more of a tool. The question I have to ask is, are tools addictions? Can a tool become an addiction? Because there's a time and place for a tool. There's a there is a, a, a use for a tool. Well, you know the old saying, if you're the man with a hammer, almost everything looks like a nail, right? Yeah, but the man so with the hammer man, knows, how to put, knows when to put the hammer down. No, my, my point is, is they don't always do that. If you have a hammer in your hand, suddenly everything looks like a nail because you can, ha- you can hammer on it. So if, sure. if you're now this, the generation with this social media platform, everything looks like a community. Right. So maybe you're right in this. Maybe you're I I think you are. I think you're more right in it than I am because I'm I'm segregated from it further by time. than You you heard that here today, April 13th, 2021. The the bull has admitted that the wolf is more (laughs) right than him. (laughs) Let the the record show. Um, And and you know what bothers me is that if I am right, it's really not good because if you are dependent upon a a false community that can, I mean technically would be a technological lie because that's what that would come down from it's not real it'd be a lie it's a deception to the human mind and the 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 the, the social structure and the public space that is American but society don't you think there's going to be consolidation in this no I do I hope you're right I, I do I, I don't think there I, is. I think you're gonna I think you're gonna find there's algorithms behind things and all these platforms mm-hmm. are monetizing your data uh, there's very that's little that's all way, they're doing the, I, that's totally what they're doing they're also getting probably you know some cut from whatever they're advertising with who's ever on their platform third parties and all that kind of thing so mm-hmm. there's a lot of a lot of different ways to monetize it but that's that's their goal but to, to they don't have to have um, some of the things they have on there to make that happen. I think one of the biggest problems, the psychological problems that people have with, with most of these social media platforms is that every one of them has a way to gauge you against others on there. You know, how many likes, how many follows, how many this, yeah, how many they've that. tried to make that more opaque now. I think they're going to. No, I think they they're have. Gonna, well, I think it's going to go even But But I don't think further. that that solves the innate human desire of interaction with others and i think that's the problem i guess the point that i'm getting at is community provided that organic interaction but but doesn't it create but doesn't it create okay uh, setting aside that it's better to have face-to-face communication but understanding that that's not likely to continue back we're not going to fall backward in time oh of course okay we won't so if we've got what we have now we've got to move forward we've got to have it as a construct that gives us some semblance of stability psychologically Mm -hmm. then the interface has to change simulation well that's that's coming too there's no doubt it's coming but so what i what i see is happening is that there's going to be an obliteration of privacy entirely Hmm. It's it's just you either have it all or you don't have any of it run to the hills i'll run to my that's fine there'll be a lot of people running with you 
But but what I see happening is if you want the full, I was going to say the full Monty, but that would be the wrong thing. Just go ahead. If you want the full, yeah, why not? (laughs) If you want the full experience, then you're going to have to, you know, check the right boxes on what those experiences will allow you to have based on their yeah sure indicators. Yeah, but again, I think that that still is a at least the way I look at it is that may be true, but I also think that it's a cheap marketing ploy. I mean, it's like, it's like if you, it, it's like, it's like when people buy anything like consumerism, mm-hmm. I have no problem with consumerism. What I do have a problem with is deceptive consumerism, which is a lot of marketing today. They'll suggest things or imply things that if you do this or you buy this, or you have this, this makes you better than your person next to you. That's every marketing which I ever. I understand. I understand. But I think there is and should be, and understanding from people that it's not true and social media you don't you're, you're giving up people's uh, agency I, here. i'm not saying that no 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 i'm not saying that 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 people don't have the ability to discover that themselves social media makes it really hard to do so only if you treat it as something more than a Which tool 4.3.725 3.725 so million, maybe our job here do. is to educate people sure. that this is this is a communication and entertainment and a social interaction tool yeah it's not for you to to Live make on. believe yes that somehow if you put out a picture of yourself always smiling that everybody on the other side will think you're smiling but all the, the time but the, but the addiction but that. the mental and cognitive addiction that lies within that plays into the fact that people think it's legitimate. But do you blame the thing or do you blame the people? You blame the person that created the thing. Why do you blame the person that created it? Because the algorithms put within the thing were something that they understood that they created. The algorithms put in the thing are a context of the history of the usage of the people that are on the thing. I understand, but there's always a singular person. And this singular person is Mickey Mouse with Disney. Ha <laughs> ha! I'm evil. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's all com- it all comes back to Disney. I, you know what? It. You've you've used this term with me a million times. Personal agency. Yes, and, I, and, I'm, I'm and, being cool. No, I'm no, being you're being. I think I think you have some very valid points. But I think if there's anything, any one point we should get across to people that are listening, is that employ reason and personal agency. Mm-hmm. You have the power to make your own decisions, and that's what we're going to talk in about this country next specifically. Week. That's what we're going to talk about next week. We've got the topic. I've got to write that down. Well, thanks again, guys, for and, and gals and people who choose to identify how they wish. Thank you again so much for tuning in to the third episode or another episode of The Wolf and Bull. This, of course, is the third episode, but I'm going to butcher this outro as much <laughs> as I possibly can. Again, we'll be back, uh, I believe, what, every Friday? Every Friday? Uh, I think it's it. I think that's a good time. And we are available on most podcasting platforms. This, obviously, the big one, you know, Apple Podcasts and Spotify um, being the, you know, the the two most important but if you want to be contrarian and go against the the grain you go ahead and listen to those other podcasting (laughs) platforms anyway thanks so much we look forward to the next episode with you guys